morning. Welcome to this new Happy Podcast. I'm Christine Esposito, Managing Editor of Happy. Are you ready to expand your brand internationally? Jessica Quick and Denise Dente, co-founders of Buzz Beauty, have published a new book about doing business globally. Whip Fire Money is an easy-to-use international guide that delivers practical information alongside checklists, red flags, and other insider tips for beauty brands. These powerhouse women have more than 30 years of combined experience building and growing beauty brands. They've worked with Revlon, Wella, Dermalogica, and Sandy Shellac, to name just a few. Soon after the book came off press, I spoke with Jessica and Denise about navigating international expansion. Hey, welcome, Denise and Jessica. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Happy Podcast. Thank you, Thank you for having us. Well, we're, we're happy to have you here. So let's dive into our questions. One of my first ones um, that I want to ask you both was, you know, there's so much that goes into international expansion. I'm wondering if you can kind of tell me, does an indie brand ever really know when they're ready? And maybe there's never really a perfect time for them to do this, but are there any kind of indicators that you might be able to call out in, in terms of them knowing when the timing is right? <laughs> yeah, that is actually a great place to start. Um, are you are you ready? Should you go international? And with Denise and I, what we found is the first thing we always want to make sure a brand has is a solid foundation and a good foothold in their own home market, home country. So what we mean by that is, do you already have a consumer base that loves your products, and do you know what differentiates them and what they love about them? You have your systems in place. You've got your processes down. Hopefully, you've had some challenges, as I'm sure everyone has, that you've been able to overcome, therefore seeing some of those holes in your boat, if you will, and being able to already solve for them. So the first thing, if you're ready, is that solid foundation. And look, a lot of people will have an opinion on when is the right time, but Regardless, it's about having a plan and a strategic rollout that you can implement. And then in our business and in our book, um, we actually go into seven different areas where we determine if a brand is really ready to go international or not. And it covers really everything from, you know, investment. Is a brand ready from an investment standpoint regulatory, pricing, assets, um, shipping, do they know how they're going to ship into the market, um, legal, and then appetite for differences. Many brands uh, maybe even underestimate the amount of differences that each of the countries have from their home market. And taking your brand international, there's just several things to consider. So in that book, Whipfire Money, by going into them in depth, we also provide a checklist, which we find is really helpful to then determine if you're ready and really determine where you may need to spend a little more time thinking and putting some resources behind so that you can know that you are ready to go international. Okay. And, you know, I know in the book you kind of caution against just following the crowd when it comes to making that big step and going international. Um, and one of your examples that you mentioned is the brick markets. And I'm wondering, you know, obviously a lot of people know that, you know, the size of the population there alone and that's a market that really loves beauty products, they're fanatical about them. It would seem like it's a no-brainer for so many brands, but you say maybe it isn't. And I wonder if you can explain your thinking behind that. 
Yeah, our red flag is really about looking below the surface. So those BRIC countries, Brazil, Russia, India, and China, they do have a large population. They have a growing middle class and an affinity for beauty, which does make them look like a great place to expand. However, we definitely want brands to do the homework, go below the surface, and collect some more data. If you look at those markets, the first thing you want to think about is, does that market have a consumer that wants the product, wants my product, wants its benefits, and so on? Because what we find is you may actually have a consumer that wants us, but it's much smaller than that larger population. So um, really, do you have a consumer there, and how big is that market opportunity really? Then really, what's your price point? What will your product land in that market, and what will you have to charge for it? And then, again, how many consumers there are really going to buy and pay that price? So really, it's about collecting all of this to ensure that your brand has enough consumers there that want it to make it profitable for you. In a lot of these markets, they have a large amount of local brands that are competitively priced. So identifying those, seeing where the white space is, and then really understanding the size of the market opportunity is what you want to go and find out. And Jessica, you know, touched on this idea of pricing, which I think is something really good to dig into. When you're looking at going into these international markets, other things beyond the size of the market and the population, you have to take into consideration uh, some things like taxes. What are the tax and importation fees? Because those can really bloat your product price and market. And some countries have very complex government bureaucracy, and even registration process for your product can take a really, really long time. So there's really no one-size-fits-all for where you go first. It really is about developing that strategic plan that could be unique for each and every brand. Right. So so if there is no really one-size-fits-all, you do mention in the book that you should maybe consider picking a country that most mirrors like the one you're in right now where you're having a lot of success. And why would that strategy be sound? Yeah. That's a, it's a great question because what we want brands to be able to do is capitalize on their efficiencies and manage their own risk. So if you're in a market that's successful, going and finding a similar market to that, and by similar we mean they have similar consumer preferences or they have similar business processes and rules that you know and understand. Um, definitely language helps here. Uh, that's you know a really easy component. But by having those similarities to your successful market, ideally you're able to then continue using your current packaging and inventory, your marketing materials, your website. You don't have to mess with your brand positioning or really rely on too many extra resources like money and time for operations and marketing. So it's about lowering the barrier to entry. You've got a successful market. How do you move into another one with uh, as little barrier as possible? Yeah, I think in the book we cover a case study on Glossier and how they moved from the U.S. market into the U.K. And while Jessica, like she mentioned, about having a similar or same language, 
even when you move into another country that has a lot of similarities like the UK or Australia to the US market, there are still some differences. So there may be differences in formulation and packaging in order to be compliant, in which case, you know, working with a regulator and an expert in that area is really important. And then deciding from my home country what makes sense next and then following that, where do I go each step of the way, country by country? Okay, so it really is a multifaceted kind of decision, and it's not just surface level in terms of language or one element. There really are multiple um, tentacles that you have to kind of stretch out and figure out, which kind of leads me to my next question, which is you really mentioned that brands really need to do two types of research, and one is like the desk hours of doing research about like figuring out like what the market's all about, but also you say that you know taking that field trip to really get a fuller perspective of the whole market. And um, as we know, the pandemic really curtailed travel for everyone over the past year, and things are really improving and things are opening up. Um, I'm it may continue to really hamper people's ability to get out there. Um, but I'm wondering, can brands garner that information about a marketplace without actually having to physically go to that market? And if you had any advice for brands right now who might feel, you know, either for whatever reason, safer staying put, but still want to try to glean that information about what it's really like? Yeah, no, it's a great question, especially with the current environment that we are all in. Desk hours and doing that research is so important to really understanding the market and gathering all of the important facts, but we definitely want to fact check them because what we have found in our experience is sometimes the data is a bit behind. It, especially when it comes to consumer trends and so on, it may not be the most up-to-date. So you still want to get it. You still want to get your head around the marketplace, but we are always going to recommend getting into the marketplace and obviously there might be some changes now. Funny thing with some of this data, Denise and I, uh, we have this funny little story we always talk about, but when we were working together on the nail brand uh, in the mid-2010, so like 2015 or so, we, uh, we were in the marketplace and we started to see consumers asking for a different type of nail service. And so we started reporting that back to our global marketing team and to our, um, our partners there. And we saw it over the next few years, and it just kept growing and growing. But it took the um, it took the data companies about three years to finally report on that trend. And so, hmm. definitely doing the home research is important. But knowing that it still may not be complete, and that is why getting into the market is so important. And if you're not able to get there yourself, having trusted people in the market is the next next best option that you can have. And it really is to ensure that you're getting up-to-date information. So we certainly acknowledge that getting on planes and traveling to foreign lands right now are difficult. But in many cases, you may have colleagues or someone else on the ground that you can vet that information through. Um, I know at Buzz, uh, on our side of the business, we've got a network of people that we work with in these countries to really gather data, insights, and firsthand observations, giving us a real clear picture to the shifting marketplace, the shifting business environment, or consumer trends 
uh, we just find the closer you are to the market, the better the information is and the faster you'll get it. So really finding people in market if you can't go yourself is the key takeaway here. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's almost like having someone embedded in the market for you um, to deliver more in real time in terms of what's going on on the ground. Um, you know, so let's say I'm an indie and I've decided on the market where I'm going, and um, I'm wondering, you know, what are some of those most overlooked aspects of translating my brand or my product into another market? Yeah. There is no you know, generic answer as to what is the most overlooked. We find that every brand has blind spots. The trick is discovering or finding out early what those blind spots are and try to mitigate them. We think of it really in two ways or two methods of thinking. One is what is it going to take to ship to that marketplace and what is it going to take to sell to and in that marketplace? So if we look at sort of the first one is, are we able to ship to that country? This is often an oversight. Just because a brand has shipped there before once or twice um, may or may not mean that they've done all of the necessary work to ship there on a regular basis. So we look at regulatory areas, is the packaging, is the formula regulatory compliant to ship it there? Are the products registered in that country? And have they passed all of the legal requirements to physically get the product into the country? And then even just shipping methods. You know, are you shipping air? Are you shipping ocean? Has your product been packed properly to ship those ways? Because even if you've got the greatest product and it's going to be well-received once it gets there, it still has to cross an cross an ocean or fly over an ocean, land in a market, and be in a place where it's sellable. Yeah, so right. the next thing, once you're able to obviously ship it, is that piece of selling it. How can you sell within the market? And so taking the time to ask yourself, you know, the language, obviously, do you need to over-label if, um, if there's a difference in language? Thinking about you know, do you want to run it off your website, your domain names? How are you going to build market awareness? Is that through social media or a local PR company? So this idea of what, what tactics will you need to sell it in market is a key, is a key one that we see people needing to, to think about. And, and then, of course, another big piece of this from the marketing standpoint is even um, the consumer taste. And knowing that markets think about um, and perceive beauty differently. And so while your images and assets may be amazing for the market you're currently in, when you go into a new market, they may look at those photos um, of the brand or the product a little bit differently. And so you may have to adjust your photography slightly or your asset pictures to more reflect the needs of that market. Right, so many, so many elements to consider in this decision to grow your business. And um, 
you know, there, it would be great to have you two along <laughs> on that journey for sure if an Indian is getting ready to make those decisions. And obviously you've been to a lot of different countries and a lot of different business travel, and I'm wondering if you can kind of share from your expert um, position in, the, in this uh, area, you know, do you have a favorite beauty product that you take with you every single place you go? And I'm wondering why you take that with you. Well, I am a person that loves to exfoliate after a long day of travel, and I carry my exfoliator with me everywhere I go. Um, and it really just helps me refresh, uh, get the dust, dirt, and travel off me, and gets me prepared for my upcoming uh, time in the marketplace. So I'm a big person that loves exfoliation. I love that. Yeah. We, Denise and I will typically hit the ground running, literally. The plane lands and we are off to the races, trade shows, or in-market visits, visiting with business partners. So um, I'm a big fan of bringing a really great foot cream, uh, foot lotion, because my feet take a beating after one of those visits. Um, so over the years, it's always been in my travel bag. Right now, I'm currently loving a brand called Barefoot Scientist, and their lotion is High Dive. And I think it's a great one for keeping my feet healthy and happy as we run all over this crazy world. Oh, that's great. I have to admit, I've never thought about bringing a foot product with me when I'm on business travel, but I will from this point on. So that is definitely something I overlook on every trip. Well, Denise and Jessica, thank you so much for joining us today on the Happy Podcast. And before I let you go, can you share again with our listeners how they can get your book? Yes, you can go on our website, which is whipfiremoney.com, and we have set up a promo code for free shipping. So you can type in promo code HAPPY, H-A-P-P-I, and get our book and get free shipping. Oh, perfect. Great. Well, thank you so much, Denise, Jessica. Thank you again for joining us on the Happy Podcast and sharing all of your great insights, including some of those little beauty travel tips that we all need to know, and I appreciate your time. Great. Thank you. We've loved it. Thank you.